reading from Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 3, chapter 20, chapter 30, text 26. And um, I'm just going to go ahead and read the rest of the chapter, because the genre is pretty much uh, this theme. Lord Kapila explained to his mother the sufferings due to adverse creative activities. And um, some of them don't have purports. I've been really appreciating the evening reading of Nanda Suno. It's actually like a really highlight addition for at least my experience. Having that every night going on, reading Bhagavad Gita, Srimad Bhagavatam, and just uh, hearing for a whole hour straight through a thread of verses. It's been really wonderful. If you're not getting enough reading, you definitely just drop in and it's happening automatically. <laughs> so I look forward to getting on the altar just to hear that reading session. So we'll read these and then uh, as we do on appearance days, there's some traditional Christian that say actually it's not his actual appearance day, it happens in the spring. There's some monastics I've stayed with actually and they honor the appearance of the Lord Jesus in the spring, not right now. So anyways, it differs. But anyhow, today today in this month is a popular time in America. It's become more popular as far as the capitalist culture. It's a time where, it's like Halloween, it's become like Halloween or Valentine's or Christmas. Christmas, right? Christmas, just like Purushottam Mas or Kartik Mas. So it's the it's month honoring Lord Jesus, which is not done so much. Um, but anyways, as we do on appearance days of greater charyas, and we're fortunate, I, I just think how we have such an incredible lineup of personalities, not just once a year, but throughout the whole year. Right? Prabhupada even says, Lord Jesus' an example is wonderful, and even he highlights Vasudev Dutt as even, you know, in one sense, his, his level of mercy is even more on a higher platform in that sense. But he would refer to Lord Jesus, he would say, in the West your most popular example is Lord Jesus, as far as one who is Pakita Pavana. And he would give examples. So maybe at the end we can just share some reflections of what we can remember how Srila Prabhupada has glorified uh, Lord Jesus and um, just reflect and show appreciation. For myself, I wasn't really raised with any religion. But definitely in high school, um, interesting, especially when I started listening to reggae music. It's when I first started to open up the Bible. I remember I lived near a college and they had this Aramaic translation called the Peshitta at UC, University of California, Irvine at UCI. So after school, I, I, the high school was just right down the road, so I just ride my bike over to the college and, you know, as I was listening to the music, there was references of biblical passages. I said, oh, I want to start checking that out. And then started getting into some of the Christian mystics. And uh, just really fascinated getting into the culture and hearing about Lord Jesus and his whole, how he lived as a sadhu without shoes and didn't worry about the tomorrow and would just live kind of like a wandering mendicant. And he walked on water and all these kind of, uh, you know, sadhu type, sadhu child, sadhu. And so, very much of a door opener for me. And I remember traveling, when I was traveling across the country, I was, we were staying in churches. I spent some time with the Trappist monks in Kentucky. And then the group that we were walking with, churches would put us up for the night. And I remember going into the sanctuary and praying to Lord Jesus just for, you know, revelation, just give clarity of what my path is. And I had already connected with devotees in Laguna, but just really praying to Lord Jesus. And uh, I felt when I got here to Denver, it was like really clear. I remember offering my pranam mantras. When I learned Prabhupada's pranam mantras, I would first recite it to Lord Jesus and feeling that he kind of opened that door. Knock and the door will be open, ask and he shall receive. So I remember getting here as a 19 year old and just coming into the temple but always feeling this uh, gratitude because I felt those, that, that whole year or two of that connection with the Christian tradition really opened the door. And so, as Prabhupada would say, he is also our guru. And uh, you can see in many ways, he opens the doors for a lot of people. And in, invites us to really, like he would say, if you're a Christian, then really practice it. And who knows what's the 
when he would meet with scholars or Christians, where would he like not go beyond? What 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 reference in the Bible would Prabhupada Thou shalt not kill, right? He wouldn't get too much into the theology. He would just leave it at, he would go right there, thou shalt, because why are you killing? He says right there, thou shalt not kill. Why are you opening so many slaughterhouses? Right? Regularly, Prophet referred to like this. Why are they opening so many slaughterhouses and they're calling themselves Christians? He's saying right there, thou shalt, it's right there, thou shalt not kill. And uh, he would emphasize like that. So anyhow, uh, you can share more after. Okay, so we'll recite today's verse and then uh, carry on with Srimad Bhagavatam. Text 26. Jivatas Chantra Bhyudhara Shwagridhrayat Yamasadane Sarpa Vrishchika Damshadhyayar Dashadbis Chatma Vaishanam Jivitas Chantra Bhyudhara Shwagridhraya Yamasadane Sarva Vrishchika Damshadhyaya Dashadbis Chatma Vaishanam Jivitas Chantra Bhyudhara Swagridharya Masadane Sarva Vrishchika Damshadhyaya Dashadbis Chatma Vaishasam Just like in some countries, if you steal, your hands are cut off. 
Or isn't there a country like if they, if you take some drugs, death sentence? There's still some place like Malaysia or anyways. If you're found with drugs, then there's like death sentence. Or if you steal, your hands are cut off. There's still places that have very severe uh, punishment. And so when you hear that, you're like, all right, don't mess around. And then if you're not learning just from hearing it, then you do it, and then you'll learn your lesson of either getting your hands cut off. So what it does is it inspires people, hopefully, to uh, be very cautious, right? Like, wow, if I'm in a country and I steal and I get my hands cut off, I'm going to think twice before that temptation of stealing. So similarly, these verses can inspire us in a positive way to really uh, become very responsible uh, throughout the day because it's so easy just in solitude or now even publicly to do things that are very criminal or very adharmic against the principles of dharma. And we might just think, oh, I can just do whatever I want and I'm riding on good karma, I'm an athletic star or a rock star, a movie star, I can just do whatever I want. And, and when you read these verses, it's like, oh, some good karma is there and if I'm irresponsible, here, here's the consequences. Here's the consequences. So let me take more responsibility for my life and how I behave in relationship to others and therefore not um, meet up with these consequences on the way to see Yamaraj. Okay, so there's a few translations before purports. His entrails are pulled out by the hounds and vultures of hell, even though he's still alive to see it. And he is subject to torment by serpents, scorpions, gnats, and other creatures that bite him. Next, his limbs are lopped off and torn asunder by elephants. He's hurled down from hilltops, and he is also held captive either in water or in a cave. The other day, Nagar, you were saying how one thing too in connecting or hearing sometimes, you know, those in the Christian, so-called, they, they call themselves Christians, when they're preaching, they'll say things like eternal damnation, you know, you're, you're eternally damned, or, you know, you're going to hell. Here, here's a, this, this kind of description is not even given, I don't think, in the Bible, these details. And yet we hear them, but we also understand that it's not eternal. It's not an, a place of eternal damnation. It's a place of reform, of cor it's a correctional facility. And some of the things that one goes through. And even you hear what happens in prisons today. When you hear about what happens, it's graphic enough to where you don't want to go, right? People having to like live in their own school sometimes, and the kind of diets they're eating and uh, all kinds of just very um, grotesque activities going on, uh, even in our own prison systems, the suffering that's happening. Gets a little bit into it in these verses. So anyhow, it's very interesting. There's this detail that's very graphic, and at the same time, we understand that it's not an eternal, eternal damnation. Next, his limbs are lopped off and torn asunder by elephants. He is hurled down from hilltops, and he's also held captive either in water or in a cave. Men and women whose lives are built upon indulgence and illicit sex life are put into many kinds of miserable conditions, and the hell is known as Tamishra, Anna Tamishra, and Raraba. Purport. Materialistic life is based on sex life. The existence of all materialistic people who are undergoing severe tribulation in the struggle for existence is based on sex. Therefore, in the Vedic civilization, sex life is allowed only in a restricted way. It is for the married couple and only for begetting children. But when sex life is indulged in for sense gratification, illegally and illicitly, both the man and the woman await severe punishment in this world or after death. In this world also they are punished by in this world they are also punished by virulent diseases like syphilis and gonorrhea. And in the next life, as we see in this passage of Sriman Bhagavatam, they're put into different kinds of hellish conditions to suffer. In Bhagavad Gita, first chapter, illicit sex life is also very much condemned. And it is said that one who produces children by illicit sex life is sent to hell. It is confirmed in Bhagavatam that such offenders are put into hellish conditions of life in Tamishra, Anna Tamishra, and Raurava. Lord Kapila continued, My dear mother, it is sometimes said that we experience hell or heaven on this planet, for hellish punishments are sometimes visible on this planet also. <clears throat> sometimes unbelievers do not accept these statements of scripture regarding hell. They disregard such authorized descriptions. Lord Kapila therefore that, confirms them by saying that these hellish conditions are also visible on this planet. It is not that they are only on the planet where Yamaraj lives. 
On the planet of Yamaraj, a sinful man is given the chance to practice living in the hellish conditions which he will have to endure in the next life. And then he is given a chance to take birth on another planet to continue his hellish life. For example, if a man is to be punished to remain in hell and eat stool and urine, then first of all he practices such habits on the planet of Yamaraj. Then he is given a particular type of body, that of a hog, so that he can eat stool and think that he is enjoying life. It is stated previously that in any hellish condition, the conditioned soul thinks he is happy. Otherwise, it would not be possible for him to suffer hellish life. After leaving this body, the man who maintained himself and his family members by sinful activities suffers a hellish life, and his relatives suffer also. Purport. The mistake of modern civilization is that man does not believe in the next life. But whether he believes or not, the next life is there, and one has to suffer if one does not lead a responsible life in terms of the injunctions of authoritative scriptures, like the Vedas and Puranas. Species lower than human beings are not responsible for their actions because they are made to act in a certain way. But in the developed life of human consciousness, if one is not responsible for his activities, then he is sure to get a hellish life as described herein. <clears throat> he goes alone to the darkest regions of hell after quitting the present body, and the money he acquired by envying other living entities is the passage money with which he leaves this world. Purport. When a man earns money by unfair means and maintains his family and himself without, with that money, the money is enjoyed by many members of the family, but he alone goes to hell. A person who enjoys life by earning money or by ending another's life and enjoys with family and friends will have to enjoy alone the resultant sinful reactions accrued from such violent and illicit life. For example, if a man secures some money by killing someone and with that money maintains his family, those who enjoy the black money earned by him are also partially responsible and are also sent to hell. But he who is a leader is especially punished. The result of material enjoyment is that one takes with him the sinful reaction only and not the money. The money he earned is left in this world and he takes only the reaction. <clears throat> in this world also, if a person acquires some money by murdering someone, the family is not hanged, although its members are sinfully contaminated. But the man who commits the murder and maintains his family is himself hanged as a murderer. The direct offender is more responsible for sinful activities than the indirect enjoyer. The great learned scholar Chanaka Pandit says, therefore, that whatever one has in his possession had better be spent for the cause of Sat or the Supreme Personality of Godhead, because one cannot take his possessions with him. They remain here and they will be lost. Either we leave the money or the money leaves us, <clears throat> but he will be separated, but we will be separated. The best use of money, as long as it is within our possession, is to spend it to acquire Krishna consciousness. <clears throat> Thus, by the arrangement of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, the maintainer of kinsmen is put into a hellish condition to suffer for his sinful activities, like a man who has lost his wealth. The example set herein is that the sinful person suffers just like a man who has lost his wealth. The human form of body is achieved by the conditioned soul after many, many births and is a very valuable asset. Instead of utilizing this life to get liberation, if one uses it simply for the purpose of maintaining his so-called family and therefore performs foolish and unauthorized action, he is compared to a man who has lost his wealth and upon losing it, laments. When wealth is lost, there is no use lamenting, but as long as there is wealth, one has to utilize it properly and thereby gain eternal profit. May be argued that when a man leaves his money earned by sinful activities, he also leaves his sinful activities here with his money. But it is especially mentioned herein that by superior arrangement, daivena saaditam, although the man leaves behind him his sinful, his sinful earned money, he carries the effect of it. When a man steals some money, if he is caught and agrees to return it, he is not free from the criminal punishment. By the law of the state, even though he returns the money, he has to undergo the punishment. Similarly, the money earned by a criminal process may be left by the man when dying, but by superior arrangement he carries with him the effect and therefore he has to suffer hellish life. Text. Therefore a person who is very eager to maintain his family and kinsmen simply by black methods certainly goes to the darkest region of hell, which is known as Andhatamishra. Three words in this verse are very significant. Keva Lena means only by black methods. 
Adharmena means unrighteous or irreligious, and Kutumba Bharana means family maintenance. Maintaining one's family is certainly the duty of a householder, but one should be eager to earn his livelihood by the prescribed method as stated in the scriptures. In Bhagavad Gita, it is described that the Lord has divided the social system into four classifications of castes or varnas according to quality and worth. Apart from Bhagavad Gita, in every society a man is known according to his quality and worth. For example, when a man is constructing wooden furniture, he is called a carpenter, and a man who works with an anvil and iron is called a blacksmith. Similarly, a man who is engaged in the medical engineering fields has a particular duty and designation. All these human activities have been divided by the Supreme Lord into four varnas, namely Brahmana, Chatriya, Vaishya, and Shudra. In Bhagavad Gita and in other Vedic literatures, the specific duties of the Brahmana, Chatriya, and Vaishya, and Shudra are mentioned. One should work honestly according to his qualification. He should not earn his livelihood unfairly by means for which he is not qualified. If a Brahmana who works as a priest, so that he may enlighten his followers, if a Brahmana who works as a priest, so that he may enlightening his followers with the spiritual way of life is not qualified as a priest, then he is cheating the public. One should not earn by such unfair means. Just in this morning's lecture, Prabhupada was saying that priests and brahmanas are now using their position to cheat the public. The same is applicable to a chatriya or to a vaishya. It is especially mentioned that the means of livelihood of those who are trying to advance in Krishna consciousness must be very fair and uncomplicated. Here it is mentioned that he who earns his livelihood by unfair means, Kevalena, is sent to the darkest region, darkest hellish region. Otherwise, if one maintains his family by prescribed methods and honest means, there's no objection to one's being a family man. Text. Having gone through all the miserable hellish conditions and having passed in a regular order through the lowest forms of animal life prior to human birth, and having thus been purged of his sins, one is reborn again as a human being on this earth. Just as a prisoner who has undergone troublesome prison life is set free again, the person who is always engaged in impious and mischievous activities is put into hellish conditions. And when he has undergone different hellish lives, namely those of lower animals like cats, dogs, and hogs, by the gradual process of evolution he again comes back as a human being. In Bhagavad Gita it is stated that even though a person engaged in the practice of the yoga system may not finish perfectly and may fall down for some reason or other, his next life as a human being is guaranteed. It is stated that such a person who has fallen from the path of yoga practice is given a chance in his next life to take birth in a very rich family or in a very pious family. It is interpreted that rich family refers to a big mercantile family because generally people who engage in trades and mercantile business are very rich. One who engaged in the process of, one who engaged in the process of self-realization or connecting with the Supreme Absolute Truth that fell short is allowed to take birth in such a rich family or he is allowed to take birth in the family of a pious Brahmanas. Either way, he is guaranteed to appear in human society in his next life. It can be concluded that if someone is not willing to enter into Halish life as in the Tamishra or under Tamishra, then he must take to the process of Krishna consciousness, which is a first-class yoga system. Because even if one is unable to attain complete Krishna consciousness in this life, he is guaranteed at least to take his birth in a human family. He cannot be sent into hellish conditions. Krishna consciousness is a purest life and it protects all human beings from gliding down to, to hell to take birth in a family of dogs or hogs. Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhupada Shri Avaita Gadadhar Shri Vashari Gaur Bhakta Vrinda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare So Shri Prabhupada just gives such a nice overview and at the end it's very enlivening when I hear this it's it gives that kind of hope that even if one hasn't completed the process or when we see other personalities out there who are maybe living lives that are inviting them to enter into this uh, experience of hellish conditions, this suffering. If the opportunity is there to hear about Krishna or to receive prasadam, connect with Krishna consciousness, with the transcendence uh, in some form or other, uh, then it gives them an opportunity to move forward. Uh, Krishna says in Bhagavad Gita, 
Neha Vikrama Nasha Sri Pratyavayana Vidya, this word from Matthusibana said, Prayatina Bhagavad. Any little advancement on this path protects one from the greatest fear. And this chapter also has quite fearful, you know, getting your entrails pulled out by vultures. And we see that in this world, right? We see like a vulture getting, you know, t- taking the intestines out of a rabbit or, yeah, whatever it might be. Just walking up the alley sometimes, a dog is barking at us. If they broke the fence, we'd probably get mauled. So anyways, we, we, we see it in this world. Prabhupada compares this world, the, the enjoyment in this world, compares it to like in olden days, they would torture people by putting them under water, and then they would just take them out briefly to get a little air, and then put them back under. And so he says, the pleasure in this world is like that little breath, and then again, put them put back in the torturous condition. So these verses, uh, they were, Prabhupada made the point about responsibility, and uh, it's important for all of us because especially in this Kali Yuga, the allurements and the opportunity to act in a way that degrades us is just right at our fingertips. It's just right in the neighborhood, right, right down Colfax. And it's very easy to, uh, to succumb to that degradation. The other day, Bala, Bala Gopapur was speaking about Jagan Madai and how um, Yamaraj and Chitragupta, it was like hundred thousands of Yamadutas, they couldn't like this write out all the sinful activities. And so one could say like, wow, they were like, they were child molesters, rapists, burned people's houses down. They just did the worst of the worst when you hear what they did. And at the same time, they received the mercy of Lord Nityananda and Lord Chaitanya. And Lord Chaitanya said, never judge them in the same way that they were of in the past. And, and, and just see, they will never, they, they've now, they're fixed as Vaishnavas, and they didn't go back to their old ways. That was a thing. So when you hear Acharya say, I'm lower than Jagai Madai, in the sense of when we say, well, Jagai Madai, yeah, they did horrendous activities. I mean, the worst of the worst. You know, you just combine them all. Child molester, rapist, arsonist, murderer, drunkard, just everything in one. Just the worst of the worst. And one can say, how is it that I'm worse than Jagai Madai? We, we, we go back, at least, right? We, we, we don't stay fixed. Jagan Madai, they gave up their ways and they took shelter and they didn't go back to their own ways. Even if one takes the Krishna consciousness and does go back, Krishna Prabhupada at the end says, because they performed some activity, then Yoga Brashta, that person who has fallen on the path of yoga, they'll get the opportunity to take birth in a situation, either a well-to-do family or in a family of transcendentalists, to carry on in their activities. And Prabhupada would give the example, myself, I was, my father was a pure devotee, and we were and my spiritual master. We, we had the good fortune to take birth in such families like that. So they all continue on their path. So it can be kind of nerve-wracking, you know, kind of nerve-wracking, a little bit fearful. The emotions can really come out reading these chapters, and it seems so harsh. And at the same time, Prophet's closing this chapter by saying, even if one has committed those. Uh, how does he say here? They can be, if someone is not willing to enter, or if it takes a Krishna consciousness, then even if one is unable to attain complete Krishna consciousness, he is guaranteed at least to take his birth in a human family. So, uh, before, uh, there's a next section, in, uh, it's about a few paragraphs in Science of Self-Realization, Prophet glorifies Lord Jesus very nicely, succinct manner. Um, maybe just, as we close this, as we uh, finish this chapter, uh, just to hear reflections of what you've learned from it and how it's kind of helped you, aside from just, you know, just kind of responding to the intensity of Lord Kapila's description of the road to, you know, the road to the hellish conditions of life. Um, yeah, just kind of what reflections you may have as far as things like responsibility, uh, awareness of what not to do, whatever it might be, uh, from these descriptions. Uh, yeah, just we can spend maybe 15, 20 minutes uh, just hearing some appreciation. Because it's a, it's a chapter that we might sometimes feel like, wow, if I read this to someone, they're going to go away, or they might think it's too heavy or too extreme. So I can reflect on it as something that's very beneficial for us to hear.
I was really appreciating Shami Prasapabu's point on Monday. He was talking a lot about just the responsibility of human life and essentially what this chapter is describing is when we have failed to accept that responsibility of human life to consciously and intentionally respond to the, the gifts that we've been given, the gift of life, the gift of free will, the gift of uh, consciousness, the gift of a human body, and not responding appropriately, not having appropriate responsibility to that. Um, how it, you know, and then just like I've, I've heard it said too, um, that dukkha, like dukkha, suffering comes from dukkha, like when something's rubbing up against something or creating friction. So it's like when we're not uh, responding appropriately, then we create friction with our constitutional situation. And that's, I mean, what to speak of this, this is like progressive, but even in this life, if I'm not living in alignment with my, you know, my highest potential, then there's friction. So just kind of this responsibility aspect. Experience really helps us to uh, have so much gratitude, yoga of gratitude, um, when we see how much uh, was in store for us, or some of us anyway. So uh, we have a lot of gratitude for this gift. And also we were talking about it yesterday on the Sankirtan. The Sankirtan yoga is to see the uh, kind of like the past, present, and future of the uh, jiva souls and uh, what they were doing in the past, what they're doing now, and then when they come into contact with Krishna's Sankirtan movement, then how this has changed their whole trajectory. And this is all, all of this has changed to some, some degree or another. So it's an amazing thing to see that uh, the jiva souls are able to um, uh, go beyond all of this uh, suffering if we can just connect with them. Yeah, I like what you're saying. It reminds me of um, who was the brother, or was it the Sarvabhama Bhattacharya? Gopinathacharya was his brother-in-law? Yeah, and Lord Chaitanya gave credit. Although Lord Chaitanya spent that whole week we hear how Lord Chaitanya gives credit to Gopinathacharya that because of your prayer, because of your intense desire and prayer to see Samarumatacharya transform, that it's because of that. And so I was thinking of the Sankirtan consciousness, that whether we're doing puja, archana, or cooking, it's the whole Prabhupada, especially Prabhupada's mood of do everything in the spirit of, of May there be good fortune for the whole world. And you can see how Srila Prabhupada is very much in line with Prahlad Maharaj's prayer. May there be good fortune for the whole world. May everyone give up envy for one another. May attain peace of mind by practicing bhakti yoga. This will bring all auspiciousness. So that's second how you're saying this Sankirtan consciousness, and to the degree that we're practicing sense control in our discipline, and we're not bewildered, then throughout the day, while we're doing our responsibilities, the consciousness can actually expand to think of others. Just like even doing an arti, one could just, oh, I just got to do this arti or make this offering or address the deities. And one can do that and be thinking, oh, Krishna, as we prepare for this darshan, may your darshan bless Colorado and the entire universe. You know, at 720, the, the devotee can actually be in that Sankirtan consciousness. So while they're cooking, you know, may, may you know, those who come and receive this prasadam, Krishna, as you receive this offering with whatever little love I have, please bless this world with your mercy. You know, Lord Nityananda, may you bestow your glance upon the fallen conditioned souls. So to the degree that we're practicing sense control, and not becoming bewildered by material opulence, then to that degree we can actually set that intention throughout the day and kind of be in that Sankirtan consciousness. Yeah, thanks for that. Nagar.
Yeah, I was thinking about how this chapter, it's like kind of an austerity. It's kind of an austerity to hear this chapter in one sense because it's, uh, it's not so pleasant necessarily. But is it Sanatana Goswami? He says that every syllable of the Bhagavatam sends down a flood of prema. So I was thinking about how this uh, section of the Bhagavatam, although it may not be the first thing that we die, we choose to listen to if we have a little bit of uh, free reign in wanting to choose our reading, we might have, oh, let's just hear about the hellish planets and suffering in the material world. That's really what I want to relish right now. Uh, but as, uh, as uh, aspiring brahmanas, we're practicing austerity, and that, that's actually helping us to, to become more progressed. And along the lines of uh, that sometimes what we want to hear least is what we need to hear most, you know? That whatever is kind of like, I think that makes sense probably, right? Like if you're going to see a psychiatrist, psychologist or something, they're probably going to tell you things that you might not want to hear, but you know you need to hear them. Yeah. And I, I feel like this chapter is like that in a lot of ways. And there can kind of be of a sense of like, well, let's 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 read something that's a little more, you know, nectarian and inspiring and you know, full of rasa and lila or something like that. But actually, uh, but this chapter can give us so much insight into where we're really at in our consciousness. I was thinking about how there's many different ways to receive this kind of information. There's, you, know, you can receive it out of fear, uh, just kind of frustration. Why does it have to be like this? Or it can't be real, something like that. Kind of dismissive or kind of fear, or kind of resentment. And then there's somebody who's advanced in consciousness, then they may hear it in a way that's... Um, they, they feel that... Well, one who's advanced in consciousness, their main concern isn't... Am I putting through a, a suffering situation? Just like Tatainu Kampam Susumikshamano, that, okay, whatever suffering situation you want to put me through, that's fine, but let my consciousness be fixed on, on you, on, on my devotion to the Supreme Lord. And then, so somebody who's advanced, they're not so concerned about where they are, what's happening to them, but they're concerned about what's my consciousness in every given, every given situation. And so... Um, the Mukunda uh, Malastotra King Kula Shekhar, he says that it uh, doesn't uh, really, if I'm in Kumbhipaka hell being boiled alive, or if I'm in the, the gardens of heaven with the most beautiful women enjoying like anything, it doesn't really matter to me. But the main point is let my attention be fixed on your lotus feet. And so uh, I think this chapter is a really great opportunity to just reflect on how do I respond to this emotionally? Does it kind of frustrate me or annoy me or? Do I just kind of want to move on to something else? Or does it make me feel that, wow, I better really work on my consciousness? So no, no matter what happens, I'll have some fixed, uh, I'll, have, uh, I'll have a good experience because I'm fixed in the service of Krishna. Like Bhagavad was mentioning the Avanta Brahmana yesterday, that uh, he points out that the only suffering is really coming from the mind. So even in a hellish condition, only the real hell is really only in our mind. Even if we're on a hellish planet, we can still be ex experiencing some bliss of Krishna consciousness or something like that, depending on where our mind is at. But even we can be in the heavenly planets or we can be on earth, but we'll be going through hell if our mind is in hell. And, uh, and last point, I don't want to push it too long, but I was just thinking about how the, 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 the you, you can see the example of Vidura hearing this. He's the one who's hearing this from um, Maitreya Muni. And you also hear... Uh, Priksha Maharaj, when he hears this from Shukadeva Swami in the fifth canto, what the, actually at the beginning of the sixth canto, that the response of these elevated Mahatmas is, wow, this is really terrible. How can I help these souls who are going through this? They're not even thinking about themselves, but it actually arises in them a sense of compassion. So we can see that, okay, is this just agitating me, or is it making me want to go deeper in myself and become more secure in my own self-realization? Or, on the highest level, is this actually inspiring me to help others and to be compassionate towards others? Anyway, those are a few thoughts I had on this section. I've been thinking about it a lot. Yeah, just real quick, too. Just even this verse, one of the verses says, even in this world, the adibautika kleshas, adiyatmika kleshas, adidaivika kleshas, the suffering is coming from other living entities, the elements, and our own mind, 
that in, that in, in itself is, for many people, it's quite hellish. All the, all the sufferings that are going on psychologically, or you live in a place where you're getting bitten by scorpions or snakes or rats. Uh, Sati was telling us in Africa when she was living there, she'd be, she was like, oh yeah, rats would bite our toes when we were sleeping. And it's like intense, you know, places you're just being, you wake up and there's cockroaches or leeches on you, you know, if you're bathing in a place. So these experiences are here in this life. What to say, as you were saying, the adiatmika. The, the misery is coming from our own body and mind, you know, just cancer here and tumors here. And, and so, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's re we're reminded in this realm, for sure. Um, as you mentioned about Maitreya talking to Vidura, who is Vidura? Yamaraj. So he's kind of um, asking him to be more lenient, to have more compassion. Yeah. Yeah, the chapter was so sobering that it's teeming with so many valuable points, you know, we can mine just a wealth of uh, points in the chapter. And um, yeah, I just wanted to reiterate your point that it is helpful for us to read the good, the bad, and the ugly. You know, it's sobering and helpful, and in that way we're inspired to help others, and we develop like compassion from serving those who are compassionate like Srila Prabhupada and Lord Chaitanya. And we reach that stage, especially in the Goshtiya Nandi Sankirtan movement of preaching, where you do actually feel genuine compassion, and you feel sorry for everyone, but first of all, we have to, you know, charity begins at home. So, yeah, that's just it. Some other It's just a little point to add to what Nagar Kirtan Prabhu was saying about going through the Bhagavatam. I heard my grandmother one time say that reading Bhagavatam is like go around Parikram. Sometimes the sand is really smooth. Sometimes it's hard cement and gravel. Sometimes you step on a rock. Mm. And, uh, but the whole time it's purifying. Yeah. Well, interestingly, from 3rd Canto up to 10th Canto, we're going to start seeing this now. Pretty much from now on, it's not, it's pretty intense. 4th Canto, Puranjana, Barishat, you got Rishabhadev, I mean heavy shlokas, Pralad, Pralad Charita, 8th Canto with Bali Maharaj and Gajendra, really revealing verses about entanglement in this material, I mean pretty much description of this verse fruit of activities, and then you get to 10th Canto, then you go into some, there's some Leela there, and then 11th Canto again, there's some very strong sections, so the Bhagavatam is medicine, and when we're going to the doctor, um, it's not always going to be pleasant. And so if we're honest with our situation, I'm in a diseased condition, I've turned away from Krishna, and here's the medicine that's going to help me turn towards Krishna. It's not just going to, it's not just, you know, there's a nice rainbow in the sky, and the, you know, the, the sun is shining, and it's all right. It's, it's, there's going to be some revealing points to really invite us to introspect and come to a point of positive repentance, this kind of mood of, and if we read the songs of Bhakti Thakur, we can really learn how that looks, that positive way to repent and feel some contrition. Okay. Um, this will just take about five minutes. Any, any last reflections just from others that haven't shared? Just um, that Vidura, the reason why I said that he responded with compassion is because um, he went and helped Dhritarashtra after he got that, those instructions from Maitreya. Mm -hmm. So that's the connection. Actually, there's a specific verse that uh, Maitreya says about, you know, how somebody who's entangled in household that just lives just like a dog, eating the scraps of their family members. And that's exactly what um, Vidura tells Dhritarashtra. Yeah. So there's a connection there. Hare Krishna. Yeah, and that heaviness came from such a platform of compassion. Yeah. So, like Mother Parmeshri saying, Lord Chaitanya or Acharya Srila Prabhupada, that intensity, it's not because they hate people or they want to, like, you know, condemn people when they say, you know, kick on their head with boots. Remember Varshana Swami said, how fortunate, imagine if your name was in the Bhagavatam and it said, you know, um, and Nagar Kirtan, I will kick your head with boots if, you know, like, wow, I'm being recognized, you know, so. How fortunate, like Columbus or Darwin, that Prabhupada's 
you know, recognizing them with such Varshana Swami said, how fortunate that the Acharya is mercifully thinking of them. And, and can you imagine like being addressed like, yes, I will kick on your head with boots. Like, ah, you know what? So you're saying, right? He, he, Lord Nityananda gave him a front kick and Raghunath Swami received the mercy of Lord Nityananda. So for the Sadakas, so Varshana uh, Swami shared how we can see it in this way. That, so the intensity of the Adura saying, what are you doing? Get out of here. It's actually coming out of so much love and compassion. In a walk, one Indian friend of his dared to tell him, but Prabhupada, but Swamiji, you're so harsh. You're so harsh. And Prabhupada, he kind of bristled a bit and he said, I have to be. I must. And what Shri Bhakti said, like I said, those who, those who praise me are my enemies, and those who critique me are my friends. So I know for myself, very, very difficult. Very difficult. The false ego just, and maybe like later in retrospect, one could be like, all right, that's, that medicine was good. But in the moment, oh, it's like a kid in the doctor's appointment just fighting and screaming when they see that needle or this whatever, you know, maybe more progressive type medicine than whatever. You see like all the metal instruments and you're like fighting and screaming. Later you're like, all right, the doctor was helpful. Um, so yeah, in that spirit, we can see that those who are uh, honest are actually helping us, like Vidura. Even in the moment, the false ego rejects it or fights against it. All right, so just in honor of Lord Jesus, it's the season to uh, appreciate his contribution. So Prabhupada says, the Srimad Bhagavatam states that any bona fide preacher of God consciousness must have the qualities of tatikshava, tatiksha, tolerance, and karuna, compassion. In the character of Lord Jesus Christ, we find both these qualities. He was so tolerant that even while he was being crucified, he didn't condemn anyone. And he was so compassionate that he prayed to God to forgive the very persons who were trying to kill him. Of course, they could not actually kill him, but they were thinking that he could be killed. So they were committing a great offense. As Christ was being crucified, he prayed, Father, forgive them. They know not what they are doing. A preacher of God consciousness is a friend to all living beings. Lord Jesus Christ exemplified this by teaching, Thou shalt not kill. But the Christians like to misinterpret this instruction. They think that animals have no soul, and therefore they think they can freely kill billions of innocent animals in slaughterhouses. Although there are some groups now, there's John Deere, who's this Catholic priest, and he's got a lot of journals now about Christian vegetarianism and references in the Bible, how you know, Jesus teaches ahimsa non-violence. So there are groups now that are starting to tune into this. And it's... And as Prabhupada said, if they just stopped killing the cow, so much, uh, so, so much uh, betterment can be there. Uh, they, can, they think they can kill freely billions of innocent animals in the slaughterhouses. So although there are many persons who profess to be Christians, it would be very difficult to find one who strictly follows the instructions of Lord Jesus Christ. A Vaishnava is unhappy to see sufferings of others. Therefore, Lord Jesus Christ agreed to be crucified to free others from their suffering. But his followers are so unfaithful that they have decided let Christ suffer for us and we'll go on committing sin. They love Christ so much that they think, my dear Christ, we are very weak. We cannot give up our sinful activities, so you please suffer for us. Jesus Christ taught, thou shalt not kill. But his followers have now decided, let us kill anyway. And they open big modern scientific slaughterhouses. If there's any sin, Christ will suffer for us. This is a most abominable conclusion. Christ can take the sufferings for the previous sins of his devotees, but first they have to be sane. Why should I put Jesus Christ into suffering for my sins? Let me stop my sinful activities. Suppose a man, the favorite son of his father, commits a murder. And suppose he thinks, if there's any punishment coming, my father can suffer for me. Will the law allow it? When the murderer is arrested and says, no, no, you can release me and arrest my father. I am his pet son. Will the police officials comply with that fool's request? He committed a murder, but he thinks his father should suffer the punishment. Is that a sane proposal? No. You have committed a murder, you must be hanged. Similarly, when you commit sinful activities, you must suffer, not Jesus Christ. This is God's law. Borgovindamara speaks about this, about Guru Tattva. Why, why the Guru takes, if the disciples no longer discipline, and why, why the Guru must take the sinful activities. 
Jesus Christ was such a great personality. The Son of God, the representative of God. He had no fault. Still, he was crucified. He wanted to deliver God consciousness, but in return, they crucified him. They were so thankless. They could not appreciate his preaching. But we appreciate him and give him all honor as a representative of God. Of course, the message that Christ preached was just according to his particular time, place, and country, and just suited for a particular group of people. But certainly, he is a representative of God. Therefore, we adore Lord Jesus Christ and offer our obeisances to him. So nice, huh? Prabhupada's like, just so much in the mood of uh, showing such glory to the... What's that? Yeah. Therefore, we adore, 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 right? We adore Lord Jesus and offer him our obeisances to him. Once in Melbourne, a group of Christian ministers came to visit me. They asked, what is your idea of Jesus Christ? I told them, he is our guru. He is preaching God consciousness, so he is our spiritual master. The ministers very much appreciated that. Actually, anyone who is preaching God's glories must be accepted as guru. Jesus Christ is one such great personality. We should not think of him as an ordinary human being. The scriptures say that anyone who considers a spiritual master to be an ordinary human man has a hellish mentality. If Jesus Christ were an ordinary man, then he could not have delivered God consciousness. Yes, Anandija? Anything I'd like to read what Prophet said on this day in LA in 68? Yeah, please. Now these Christmas holidays have begun in your country. Throughout the whole month of December, you'll observe nice festivities. Why? It began with God consciousness. Jesus Christ came to give you God consciousness. And in relation to him, these festivities are going on. It may have degraded into another form, but the beginning was God consciousness. Now we may have lost it, but people cannot be happy without reviving God consciousness. It may be named differently, Krishna consciousness, but that means God consciousness. That is the necessity. We want to love somebody. Our love will be perfected when we love Krishna or God. We are teaching that. Try to love God, and if you love God, if you love Krishna, then automatically you love everyone. That is the perfection of love. Wow. Bhagavatam ki jai, Shri Prabhupada ki jai, Lord Jesus ki, Gopramanandi.